Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, Executive Recruiter, Director of Recruiting at VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And I am so excited today to bring to you another fabulous guest. You know I don't bring them to you unless they're just absolutely amazing and have some value to offer to you. So today, I'd like to welcome Rich Blazovich. I may not have said that exactly right. Senior uh, Director of Marketing and Recruiting with PepsiCo. He, Rich, Rich helps people get the jobs they love by teaching motivated job seekers, easy ways to find companies that are perfect for them, write their winning resumes, and become amazing at answering interview questions. He's also published four books, and we'll talk a little bit about them today to give job seekers a competitive edge in their search, and is here today to share some of his knowledge with our audience. Rich, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you um, are incredibly busy with your role at PepsiCo, so we really appreciate you taking time to kind of teach us some little tricks on how to land that perfect job. Thank you, Casey. I love being here. I love your podcast. I've Thank listened you. to episodes and I just love the approach you take and the casual nature. So it's good to be here with you in person. Thank you so much. So a couple of questions before we get started. How long have you been with PepsiCo? Uh, 20 years. Wow. Yeah. So marketing the whole time, but a pretty wide variety. In PepsiCo, we rotate around to different marketing jobs. So I think I've had 15 different roles in the last 20 years. Wow, wow. So do you work with the same people in each of those different roles? Y'all just all kind of rotate together? Uh, no, we rotate just periodically. I'm okay. currently doing sports marketing. Before that, I was doing food service marketing. Before that, something else. So a wide variety of brand marketing roles, innovation, insights, portfolio marketing. Gotcha. So you know what you're talking about. Yes. Is, <laughs> I've done a lot of marketing for a lot of years. That's awesome. But here's the thing that, you know, when you and I first met, which we were introduced through a mutual connection, which I thought was actually, I'm going to tell this story because I got to you because I had a candidate who said, oh, I think you need to meet my wife. And so I'm on the phone with the candidate, emailing the wife at the same time, which led to a coffee meeting, which led to an introduction to you. Yeah. So Shelly uh, Rogers. Yep. Shelly so Rogers. Sh shout out to Shelly Rogers. Thanks for making a great connection yeah. there. So, um, but what I think is so interesting is that your title, like your senior marketing director, and recruiting. Yes. That's not two <laughs> positions you typically see together. Can you talk to us a little bit how that came about? Yeah. Is in our department the marketers hire the marketers. So what we'll do is we'll go to college campuses and we'll look for students that we think are going to be a good fit for our department. And then we will hire them as the managers who are going to be working with the students. We do use HR and HR is involved in the paperwork, but we actually assess the candidates. The marketing people assess the candidates who are the marketing students coming in. Awesome. So do you do recruiting for any other areas or just for the marketing? Just marketing. Okay. And so that makes sense. Yes. And for a variety of schools. So what we'll do is we have relationships with different colleges mm -hmm. and then we'll go to the colleges every year. And in addition to interviewing and making offers, we'll also host workshops and we'll teach the students how to write resumes, how to prepare for interview questions. So we get to know the students pretty well. That is pretty amazing. So 
how, how did you get started helping people prepare for their job searches? Yeah, it started in business school. Is I was making a career switch in business school, and I didn't have any marketing experience. So I got together with a group of my fellow students, and I said, hey, let's start practicing so that when recruiters come on campus, we'll be ready. And we formed what we called an interview group, uh -huh. and we had five of us who would get together twice a week, and we just practice interviewing each other. And by the time the company showed up, we were really good at answering interview questions because we had so much practice. That is amazing. And so, I mean, the fact that you had the go to it, I don't know <laughs> what the word is, I'm looking at the gumption to do that, you know, back then, that's amazing. And I know that that's translated very well to what you do today and how you help these college students, you know, perfect their interviewing skills. So yeah. in my case, it was fear is I was afraid I was not going to get a good job. Yeah. Like you, I started in accounting. Ugh. It wasn't for me. And I very quickly realized I needed to go back to business school to escape accounting. And it was either get a good marketing job or end up back in a career that wasn't right for me. So is your first degree in accounting? Yeah. My undergraduate wow, degree is in accounting. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I should look at your profile better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually don't put accounting on my profile. Oh, good. I didn't miss I, it. Because it's not what I'm... Uh, drawn to do. Okay. I'm drawn to do marketing and then I love helping people market themselves. Yeah. So that's part of the reason I got into writing the books and doing the online classes is I want to help people market themselves so they can get the jobs they want. Well, that is actually a great segue to my next question. So in your books and articles that you, you've written four books, yeah. um, you say helping motivated people get the jobs they want. How important is a motivated mindset when searching for a job? extremely important is what I've run into, um, I've got a, a saying that I love, which is you have to run with the runners and walk with the walkers, is I found some students that are runners and uh -huh. they want to go full blast. They're super motivated. They want to know all the tips and tricks on resumes and interview answers. And when you get somebody who's that motivated, they can get results like crazy. They just need somebody to give them some coaching. Gotcha. Sometimes you're gonna run into students who are walkers. They don't wanna go full speed, they just wanna get little bits and pieces. So as a coach, the more motivated the person is, the faster you can run. The less motivated the person is, the more you have to be patient and guide them along the way. I love that. I'm So I would be like, if we're talking literally, I'm the walker, just so you know. Oh. That is awesome. What's your number one tip for people who are trying to get a new job? Yes. The two tips, because they build on each other, one is you have to know which direction you're going. And if you're going four different directions, mm -hmm. that's okay. Just don't tell the employer that. Is you want to tell them, if I'm interviewing for a marketing job, I love marketing. Right. If I'm interviewing for a teaching job, I love teaching. If I'm interviewing for a job in sales, I love sales. But don't play the field. Don't let them know you're playing the field. So I've had candidates that have come in and said, yeah, I'm not sure if I want marketing or something else. That's not the candidate that gets the job offer. Exactly. The one who gets the job offer is, I want to do the job you're hiring for, and I understand the job, I've read the job description, and I'm a perfect fit because I have these wonderful experiences that make me qualified to do the job. So focus. I love that. And, you know, so many times as a hiring manager, I've had the issues where people are like, well, this is what I really love to do, but I'll do this until I can get into this. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why am I going to invest time in you and train you if you're just going to leave? That was, yeah. So I think that's a great tip, really focusing on the job that you're applying for at hand. So thank you for that. 
Um, you've written a book called Start to Finish Job Search Guide, College Student Edition, to help inform new graduates about the job search pro process and prepare them to enter the workforce. What do you think is a common mistake new college grads make that would hold them back from being successful? I think the biggest mistake is not understanding what employers are looking for. Employers tell you exactly what they want. They give mm -hmm. you a job description. Right. And if you can read that job description and realize, hey, if this is what they want, let me tell them what I've done that relates to the job they're trying to fill. A lot of times, college students, anyone, will go into a job interview or on their resume, they'll say, hey, here's everything I've done. Employers don't care. Right. They don't care about every little detail that you've ever had in your life. You don't need to send them your autobiography. Your resume and your interview answers should be advertisements. They should be very brief, very direct, and communicate the benefit you bring to the company. Don't tell them your life history. So that brings me to a question. Um, and this is something I look for and I actually enjoy. So you tell me your opinion. Okay. I like it when people list something a little bit more personal at the bottom, like yes. their hobbies or something like that, because that gives me a point to start to build rapport with them. For example, if they love to read, or I actually had a hiring manager ask one of my candidates one time, she listed she was in choir, and he asked her to sing him a song. Oh, no, that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> she was good. She didn't end up singing, although, and I usually when I tell that story, I'll say, oh, yeah, and she did sing, and she catches up with me every now and then, and she goes, Casey, you know I didn't sing. You know, I'm like, <laughs> the story's so much more fun if you did, you know? Yep. So, but, I, so, your opinion is? Yes. Yeah, so if an average resume has, I don't know, 30 lines on it, mm -hmm. 29 of those lines should be related to the job you want. One of them should be something interesting. And that something interesting could be anything. It could be you've traveled to Antarctica or you have a video, you have a podcast or something that the employer can ask you about that gets into an interesting conversation. So yes, I do agree with the okay. one line, maybe two lines yeah. of interesting stuff that's unrelated to the job, everything else should be related to the job. What's your interesting thing? Oh, it's probably my YouTube channel is, uh, my most popular YouTube video is actually an arts and crafts project I did with my daughter. And it's up to 150,000 views. Wow. What I'm trying to do is get the job search uh, videos to uh -huh. make it up there, but that silly little crafts project still beats all my job search videos. That is, Amazing. And you know, another guy that's really, really good at like LinkedIn and getting videos to go viral. Yep. That's what he said. So like this one guy did like a robot video, which went viral, a stupid little robot yep. video, like dancing. And then after that, after he got that viewership, that's when he started releasing his content. Yeah which I thought was brilliant. So yes. and you can never things. predict what's going to go viral. It's, it's trial and error. It's crazy. There's a video, um, Jeff Curley, who owns this office, there's a video of him out there, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but Taylor Swift got a hold of it because it, oh. it's when he was in a, a news anchor still okay. and tweeted it out, and it went viral. Oh, that's great. And he's like, if only I'd tweeted that out. <laughs> but actually, he probably got more views because of Taylor Swift yep. doing it, right? That's so, a good approach. Anyway, I digress. So, <laughs> um, you've also written a book called Amazing Interview Answers. 44 tough job interview questions with 88 winning answers. Interesting. We're going to talk about that. In your experience as an employer and, and as a hiring manager, what's the most difficult inter question, interview question uh, you've been asked? Um, it's actually one I ask in almost every interview, and it's called a bonus question. Okay. And right near the end of the interview, what I was asked in the job, in the interview that got me the job I currently have is, you get to ask yourself any interview question you want, and you get to answer it. 
Oh. And I've seen candidates completely freeze because they're not used to asking themselves a question. And it's the easiest question in the world because what you should do is you should ask yourself whatever your biggest accomplishment is. And that way you can highlight something that you want to talk about. So it's really a way in the end of the interview to say, hey, is there anything else I should know about you? Or is there anything you haven't addressed in this interview that you think you should address? So it's a good question to let candidates know, let the employer know how self-aware you are. Mm -hmm. And it also lets you know if the candidate can think on their feet. That, I think I probably would have froze if somebody asked me that <laughs> in an interview question. Now I'm going to be prepared. Okay. So, okay. So which book is, is this the one, The Amazing? Yep. So can we just maybe, so here's, yep. for those of you that are watching on YouTube, and I'm not really good at pointing in the right direction, but I'd like to maybe look at at least one question, maybe yep. two. Why are there 44 questions and 88 answers? Yes, and um, they're really categories of questions. And so categories fall into opening questions, fit questions, case questions, oddball questions, closing questions. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give enough variety in each type of question that the candidates could see, oh, there are different styles of fit questions. There are different styles of opening questions. But you can use the same frameworks to answer every fit question. Okay. The STAR framework, which a lot of people are familiar with, is really good for answering fit questions. It doesn't really work on case questions. Can, can, before we go into the questions, will you talk about those different categories and what you sure. mean by them? Sure. So opening questions are the typical, tell me about yourself, why are you interested in the job? They're kind of the warm-up questions mm -hmm. that help the employer figure out, are you, do you have the basic qualifications? So what I recommend for an opening question is a framework called the PEN framework. Tell me what you're passionate about, mm -hmm. tell me what experience you have, and tell me what you want to do next. And if you can say, hey, I'm passionate about something on the job description, solving complicated problems, if that's what's on the job description. Here's the experience I have solving complicated problems, and what I want to do next is work for your company in the job you're hiring for solving complicated problems. So I, uh, opening questions are easy because you know they're coming. Right. You know you're going to get a tell me about yourself. You know you might get a walk me through your resume. Uh, fit questions are a little harder because you don't know which fit question they're going to ask you. They might ask you, what are your strengths? Or tell me about a time you overcome obstacles. Or tell me about a time that you demonstrated creativity. So there's a different approach for fit questions. And that's mm -hmm. the most popular interview framework there is, which is the STAR framework. Okay. Employers want to hear... When you are overcoming an obstacle, what situation were you in? What task were you trying to accomplish? What actions did you take? And then what results did you get? So if you can answer situation, task, action, result, then we can see that you can take actions that get results. Love it. Okay. Love it. So there's fit, yeah. opening, oh. closing. Closing. Closing is typically uh, either what else should I know about you mm -hmm. or do you have any questions for me? So I've got examples of questions you should ask at Good. the end of an interview. Good. The other two categories are case questions. And okay. case questions usually depend on the type of job you're interviewing for. So for a marketing job, you should be able to answer, um, if you were launching a new product, how would you launch it? Ah, gotcha. Okay. And then you talk about understanding the consumer and figuring out what the competitive set is and figuring out what your product, your placement, your promotion, and your pricing strategy would be. So... Depending on what field you're in, your answers to case questions are going to be different. Gotcha. And then there are the oddball questions. Oddball questions are, if you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? If you were a piece of furniture, what type of furniture would you be? And those are ones that 
it helps to practice. Mm -hmm. And when I was in business school, we would practice those so that we knew whatever the eyeball question was, we could come up with an answer. I think the first time I was ever exposed to um, oddball questions was with one of my clients. And it was actually the candidate that after they interviewed with them, that was my first interview with the company. And they came back and they said, why didn't you tell me they were going to ask these kind of questions? I was like, I didn't know, but I do now. <laughs> and so going forward, I would prepare them for, prepare candidates for those questions. And I'm not going to tell you who the company is, but I'll tell you what the questions were. The first one was, do you prefer the movies or the circus? Oh, that's interesting. And here's what I think they were trying to get at because it was chaos there at the time. Oh. Do you want to sit down and just be entertained or are you going to get in the middle of the action? Okay, good. That's kind of what I thought. But, you know, and I didn't encourage candidates to answer one way or another. I just wanted them to think about it ahead of time. And then the other question they asked, which I love now, I didn't quite get at the time when I first started doing this, was if you had a superpower, what would it be? Mm -hmm. So yes. I'm sure you've probably heard that one. Yes. And that, it depends on what job you're interviewing for is if you were an insights person, you might want invisibility, and that way you could uh, observe people without them knowing you're observing them. Exactly. If you were a first responder, you might want superhuman strength, and that way you can save people by picking up things that are falling on them. Yep. So I love the insight that a candidate would have if they customize their answer based on the type of job they want. I love that. I love that. So... <clears throat> Let's see here. You are in a very unique position at PepsiCo, and we kind of talked about that. And, you know, what advice can you share with others that might want to combine several roles? So you're in the marketing and the recruiting, so that's what we're referring to here. But what advice can you share with others that might also want to combine several of their skills and passions into their role um, and create a new role that best fits them? Yes. As hopefully people are getting into the types of jobs that they have passion for. Mm -hmm. And that's my number one piece of advice is figure out what your passion is. My passion is marketing. I like marketing products. I, help, I like helping people market themselves. If somebody else has a passion for organizational skills, then find a job where they can apply their organizational skills. So advice number one is find a job that match, matches your passion. And then once you have that job, go to your boss and see what you can do to do more on that passion. Is if you're an accountant and your mm -hmm. job is to prepare the books, but you like organizing things, offer up to organize the file system. Or if you're really creative and your company has you leading training sessions, then find out more creative ways to lead the training sessions. Usually hiring managers or usually managers like having people on their team who want to apply their passion and try things that haven't been done before. Wow, you know what? And I just realized that you're right. Like my company, for example, I mean, recruiter, podcaster. Yes. Exactly. That's a very creative way to recruit yeah. is this podcast helps your company identify people who might be in looking for a new job or make connections with employers. They probably didn't think of podcasting until you came in, give, gave them that idea, and now you're pursuing a passion that helps the company. Exactly. And truly, I mean, the reason for this podcast is, you know, we want to give value back to the candidates and the clients that are out there. Yeah. Um, and so that's Yes, we do, by default, attract more, more clients and attract more candidates, but I can tell you where a lot of this value is coming in is a couple of ways is that I just had this conversation yesterday with a candidate. He's like um, a recent grad, and he's like, how do I do this? And I said, go watch this episode. You're going to hear yeah. from an expert how to do it. 
this episode, I'm sure, will be referred to quite a bit <laughs> Good. as far as, you know, resume writing and, you know, tips. And I know we're just scratching the surface on the knowledge that you have. And I know that you're also very willing because I've already connected you with a couple of yeah. recent grads yeah. that were looking for help to make sure they're landing their dream job. And that's what we want. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for pointing that out. Um as a recruiter, one of the biggest problems we hear from candidates is with the pace of their job search. And sometimes it moves too slowly. And for someone who might be in need of a job, how can someone in this position help move that process along without appearing desperate to potential employers? Yeah, the first thing I recommend is with current technology, you can be applying for 15, 20, 25 jobs at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a pretty good approach is if you have a good tracking system, which mm -hmm. I talk about in the start to finish job search guide is get a really good system for keeping track of which jobs you're interested in and where you are in the application process. Then use that tracking system to track who you've reached out to. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is wonderful. Yes. So if you've got a top tier group of companies, let's say you have five or six companies you're really interested in, go ahead and apply to those companies and then start reaching out in LinkedIn to people in the company. And if you reach out to five or six people, chances are one or two of them will get back to you. Mm -hmm. And if you can schedule just an informational interview, which a lot of people are open to, they might then reach out to HR and say, hey, I just talked to this candidate. They're very passionate. I think they'd be a good fit. Can you move their resume up to the top of the pile? Another um, technique that I like to share with candidates, yes, have your identify the companies you want to work for, right? Be very specific about that. Go find the people that are working there. But before you just reach right out to them, start following them. Yes. And start looking at their activity and find out what they're passionate about. Yes. Start liking and commenting on it. That way, when you do reach out to them, it's almost like a warm intro. Yes. So you agree with that yeah, technique? Yeah, absolutely. As you'll see patterns in their communication, some companies are very big on environmental issues right now. Yes. Some companies are very big on healthcare issues. Yep. And so you'll see patterns in their LinkedIn posts, in their on their website, on their social media, and you'll be able to say, hey, the people, the leadership team seems to be communicating this. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I read up a little bit about that and then I could use that as an intro, that'll make me more credible. I love it. I want to talk really quickly about the applicant tracking oh, yes. system because yes. I know PepsiCo has a pretty serious one. How, and this is a topic we have on many of the podcasts, we call it the black hole when we sit on the other side of the ATS. How do candidates submit their resume so that it gets past that initial screening? Yeah, so what most companies do is their computer software is designed to screen out resumes for candidates who aren't qualified. The way they determine if someone's qualified is they take the resume, they take the job description, and they say, how well does this resume fit this job description? Mm -hmm. So if you do a one resume and you submit it to a bunch of companies, chances are it's not gonna match. So if you have a company you really like, look at their job description, find the keywords on the job description, and if you've ever done that kind of work, put it on your resume. So if the job description says they want somebody who's analyzed data and you've analyzed data, your resume should say analyzed data. And the more your resume matches that job description and specific wording on the mm -hmm. job description, the more likely is you'll get through the ATS system. So it's possible that you could be completely qualified for that job, but if you don't do your resume correctly, the hiring managers will never see it. Correct. If you don't use the right words yep. on your resume that match the job description, the software program will screen it out. <sighs> 
that's scary. It is scary, <laughs> but it's the easiest system in the world to game. Is right. you know what they're screening exactly. for because they publish the job descriptions. They're out on the company website or they're out on the job posting sites. All you have to do is take the job description, adjust your resume so it uses the same words. Absolutely. That is really good advice. I know that a lot of our candidates, um, they, they don't do that. They just, they want to send one resume and then they want us to do that for them as recruiters. And we're not resume writers. Right. You know, we are connectors. We are matchmakers. So, um, so very quickly, you have four books. Will you tell yep. us the name of each of your books? Because yep. I think I only talked about two. Okay. Um, I'll tell them to you in chronological order. Okay. So the first one I wrote was Amazing Interview Answers, and it was intended to be a leave behind at workshops. Right. So that's Amazing Interview Answers. And what I did is I started teaching workshops at universities, and I would tell students how to answer interview questions. Mm -hmm. And after I was done presenting, I felt like, you know, the students are probably going to forget what I taught them. Why don't I just write down some of my thoughts? And all of the thoughts came out into a Word document, and I self-published the book. That's actually my most popular book. It sold probably about 4,000 copies so far. That's good. So it's found its audience. Yeah. Um, and then I said, okay, it's not just about interviews. You also have to have a good resume. So then I wrote Start to Finish Resume Guide. There and we that go. Is, oh, that's the job. Start to finish resume, yeah. just so everybody can kind of see what it looks like. Great. So that is how should you write a resume? What words should you put on it? How should you format it? Then I wrote start to finish job search guide, and that includes a little bit of everything. That's the yep for everyone. Yep. Okay. So that one's intended to be a if you're just starting to think about a new job, how should you approach it? How should you research companies? How should you write your resume? How should you prepare for interviews? How should, what should you do with online profiles? So that one's more of a comprehensive one for people who are already in the job market. Right. Which leads me to the fourth book, which is Start to Finish Re Job Search Guide for College Students. And the nuance on that one is it's designed for people who have access to career centers, who have access to fellow students to help them through the job search. So. That fourth book is actually the system I used in college, in business school, nice. to get the job offers that I got. That is amazing. Yeah. I love it. And I love that you've given so much back. And I know that, especially for the college students that haven't had the expertise of hiring, being hired professionally, I think that is so huge. And I definitely want to, I know I've got some extra copies at the office that I'm hanging on to because mm -hmm. I plan to give these books away as well. How do people find you? The easiest way is if, you, if you're on Amazon and you're looking for books, just search mm -hmm. for Richard Blazevich. All of the books will show up. And then I just started an organization called Career Course Academy, mm -hmm. and it's careercourseacademy.com. And it's designed to take all of the content from these books and put them in video format. So there's an online class that I'm testing with college students right now, and it includes all of the information that's in the books in video format. And spell your last name for people. It's Blazevich, B-L-A-Z-E-V-I-C-H. So you're, Blaze Vich. There you go. Oh, that's, why didn't you tell me that the first time? That's <laughs> so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to see how you pronounce it though. <laughs> Did I do okay? Blazevich. Yeah. Okay. And um, you're also on LinkedIn. You're pretty active there, right? Yes. So if people want to connect with you, um, but just be sure that if you do connect with them that you Mention in the subject line that you heard him on the We Are VIP podcast, and I'm sure he will give you extra VIP preference. 
Um, and maybe he even sends you a signed copy of his book. Who knows? Who knows? Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. So we are to the point of the show yeah. where we ask you our VIP questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. I don't know why I'm looking at them. I should have them memorized right <laughs> after, I don't know how many episodes this is. But if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take yes. with you? Three total. Okay. Three total. Uh, first thing is I'd take my wife because if I'm going to Mars, it would be fun to have her with me. Love it. Uh, our favorite thing to do is to go out and walk on the beach when we go on vacation. So I would bring comfortable walking clothes. Okay. And Mars to me seems like it's just one big beach. Doesn't have an ocean, but it has a lot of <laughs> sand. So we'd go walking. And then I don't know if this is a thing, but I'd probably bring a subscription to Amazon Prime because... <laughs> Amazon will probably find a way to deliver <laughs> once people right. are on Mars. So Absolutely. we would uh, order groceries, we'd order books, we'd order whatever we want to Mars. And seven years later, it'd show up. Yes. Whatever. Actually, Amazon Prime two days later. I don't know how they'll do it. But you have but faith. two days later. Amazon, yes. did you hear that? <laughs> you have your work cut out for you. Um, that's Those are great answers. I love that. What is one thing you do... At, each day to set your day up for success. Yes. So one process that Franklin Covey recommends is the idea of big rocks and gravel. Mm. And the idea is fill your day, start your day with the big rocks. What mm. are the big important things that are going to help you accomplish your long-term objectives? So I try and identify what are my big rocks today and start on them early. Those When I'm fresh in the morning, I'm going to go out and attack the big things. And then fill in the rest of the day with what they call gravel. Mm -hmm. Gravel are the small things. Some of them might be urgent. Some of them might be interesting. But they aren't the big accomplishments that you're trying to go after. So start with the big rocks. Fill in with the gravel. I love that. You know, there's this old, um, this old little project that they used to have us do where... And I, I want to say it may have been in church where you put the walnuts in and then you fill it with sand. But if you yes. put the sand in first, you can't put the walnuts exactly in. Exactly right. So, yeah, do the big rocks or eat that frog, as Brian Tracy would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my final question for you yep. is if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, yeah. what would your headline be? That was a tough one. I actually thought about that on the drive down here. And what I came up with was... One million students equal one million dream jobs. Oh. Is My mission is to help people get the jobs they want. Right now I'm focusing on college students. Right. Is I would love to have an impact on a million students getting the jobs they want. I love that. I really do. So this has been a very, very informative episode. And I really appreciate your time today, especially given kind of the state of the world right <laughs> now. Um, we weren't really sure if this was going to happen, but um, thank you so much for being here. And I just have one last thing to yeah. say to you. You are a VIP. Thank you, Casey. You too. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.